What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Latinally, the podcast that is untamed, uncensored, and oh, so unapologetic. And I really appreciate you hanging out with me this Friday because today's episode is something that I have been, oh my God, I can't even tell you how many times I've gotten this DM of, you know, to do this episode. And I'm just really excited to, I'm excited to drop my gems for you. So today we're buying a house, sis. So I bought my house with my husband when I was 24. I will be 26 this year. And, you know, I'm going to tell you how I did it. I'm going to tell you the steps I took um, to purchasing my home. So I am not a financial expert. I am not an expert on buying a home. I am just some regular degular girl from New York who bought a home. So let's get into it. Before we start, I want to start off by saying um, let's grab a notebook Let's grab a cup, you know, a cup of coffee, a tea, a drink, whatever, whatever you want. And let's get into it. So I want to start off with some keywords because there are a lot of, there's a lot of lingo that I'm going to say throughout the episode. So it's just best that you get these phrases down beforehand. Um, so the first is a down payment. The down payment of your home is a percentage that you have to pay to get into the home. So for some loans, it's 3.5%. Some is 20%. You can even do 10 or 15, whatever have you. But it is the percentage of the full amount of your house in which you have to come out of pocket in order to even move in or whatever. Then we have something called a seller's concession. And basically what that means is you can take the closing costs of your home and get them financed into your mortgage. That's what a seller's concession is. Now your closing costs are basically costs that um, it's a lot of behind the scenes stuff when it comes to purchasing a home. So it's getting your survey, it's getting your title, um, It's getting the title of the house transferred. It's getting um, your assessment done on your house. It's getting the deed. It's basically a bunch of different things um, that go behind the scenes in regards to the paperwork that you need to get into your home. So that is uh, what your closing costs are. And normally the way you can kind of round your closing costs or you kind of can get an idea of your closing costs is if... um, Whatever the property taxes are, just double it and that would be your closing cost. So if your taxes, if your property taxes are like 5,000, your closing costs are going to be around 10, 9 or 10. So that's a good rule of thumb to, to have. So the last phrase is your approval letter. So basically when you go to a bank, you are going to get um, a credit check and you're going to get approved for a certain amount. That approval letter is what you need in order to put an offer in on a house. Okay, so now that we have those phrases down, let's talk about the first step. And this is, so everything that I'm telling you are the steps that I personally took to purchasing my home. So you can either follow my steps, you could do whatever you want, but this is how I purchased my home. So the first thing is 
budget slash location. Now, in my opinion, these go hand in hand because certain locations are more expensive than others. So the price of your home in conjunction with your taxes, which I'll go more into taxes in a little bit, completely alter your budget. So there are some areas in which the prices of the homes are more expensive and the taxes are not that bad. And then there are areas where the prices of houses are, they're kind of okay, but the taxes are astronomical. So you kind of just have to, um, you have to decide what locations you want to live in. And the way that you figure out the average prices of homes, you can go to realtor.com and literally type in like the area in which you want to live and look at the houses currently on the market. So that's one way you can do it. You can go on like Zillow or whatever you want. Um, but that's one way that you can figure that out. And, you know, I decided on three key areas that I wanted to live in. Um, you know, and then we looked at our budget, but you know, I, my location was, my location choices, which I said I chose three, were very dependent on the school district, the taxes, and the quality of the neighborhood. Um, because, you know, I live in upstate New York, so it's very difficult to find mixed, you know, communities. And, you know, I needed to be on a block with some melanin. You <laughs> So, uh, and I am, thank God, my neighbors are the fucking best. Oh my God. You can literally not find better neighbors than mine. So anyway, so once we decided on our location, then we, um, then we had to go on to budget because we had to realistically think about what we could afford because you, I mean, and, and this is so crazy to me because you dead ass have some people being like, Oh, you know, um, I want uh, a $400,000 house. Oh, I can afford $12,000 a year in taxes. And I'm thinking, really? You can afford a $4,000 a month mortgage payment? Are you really good for you? And then they go, wait, what? And I go, yeah, your $400,000 house with a $12,000 a year in property taxes. Don't forget your um, homeowner's insurance. Okay. God forbid you have a PMI, okay, which is private mortgage insurance. And we need to know what your credit score is, sis. You might not get a good interest rate. So we're looking at a $4,000 payment and they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, uh, yeah, you need to be realistic in what you want to look for. So how do we figure that out? How the hell could we even figure it out? First of all, we need to start playing with some numbers, okay? So I decided... For today's episode that I would do a mortgage calculator for you guys. So let me get my setup here. Let me get my shit together so I can go through this chart with you. So what I want you guys to do or what I want you to write down is where you can calculate your mortgage. So we need a mortgage calculator and that is literally what you're going to go and type in onto Google. We're going to type in mortgage calculator. Okay. And literally Google has one. So all you have to do is like scroll down and it will be there. Um, make sure that you toggle on include taxes and fees. That way we can get a really good estimate on what, um, 
on what our mortgage is going to be. So I typed in $275,000 for the home price. I typed in a down payment of 20%, which is $55,000. Then for the loan term, which is basically how long your loan lasts for, I did a 30-year fixed. So a 30-year fixed is basically the word fixed is attached to your interest rate, which means that your interest rate will never change for the entirety of your loan. Okay, so with an interest rate of 3.6% in the state of New York, and let's just say our credit score is between 660 and 679, then we have property taxes, which is $10,000 a year. We have a home insurance of 1400 That brings our payment to $1,950. Our total monthly mortgage payment of $1,950. Now, if you can afford that, then you go, okay, this is, this is doable for me. So what I would then do is play with a bunch of different numbers, play with a bunch of different down payments because you can change the down payment percentage. People don't ever tell you that you can, but you can. I'm here to tell you that you can. Like I threw down 3.5% of my house. So I didn't have to come out of pocket 55 grand. I came out of pocket like 15 with for everything. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But basically, um, you know, now... After we look at, okay, this is what our mortgage could potentially be, then it's time to begin saving, right? Because, you know, we can throw down 15% for a mortgage, we can throw down 20, we can throw, we could throw down whatever. So when you calculate how much that is, and then you can say, okay, we need to save $20,000 to go into our home, you know, it's like, okay, now we have a starting point now. And I go on my last, you know, I mean, in my last episode, I went over some, some tactics on how to save some money, but I'll tell you how I saved some money. Um, so I opened up a twine, I opened up an acorns account. I have a private savings account. And also too, I have been planning on buying a home for a very long time. So when it came to me moving out with Victor, we purposely chose an apartment that allowed us to have a ridiculous amount of expendable income. And like, basically it was like our, our rent was so fucking cheap that we had, we had money to, 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 to really play around with. So What I want you to understand is when you're looking to buy a house, there are so many different elements that play into it. Your credit score, you know, your, your debt to income ratio, basically how much you make and how much debt in comparison to your income. Um, you know, your, um, your credit score. I think I said that already, your credit score, where you work. Um, that's a big thing too, because they're going to check your employer. Like there are so many different things. I mean, to be honest with you, they go into your entire life. Like I'm surprised they didn't ask me for a fucking blood sample because these motherfuckers went like deep into my, like, and the thing is you need to send, 
your bank, which I'll get into banks in a little bit, but you need to send your bank your fucking your statements, your income, your pay stubs, your fucking 401k. Like you you need to send them everything. Like I said, I'm surprised they didn't ask me for a fucking blood sample. But, you know, it was it was it was a lot to 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 put together and it is a lot to put together. This is one of the biggest transactions of your life and unless you got money like fucking, you know, Cardi B and Floyd Mayweather and this shit is nothing to you, then that's great. But for regular people, yeah, no, this is big for us. Like this is this is a huge, huge transaction. I mean, what what Latina twenty four is buying a house? You don't see it, you know? For the for the black and Latino community, buying a home at a young age is not written in the cards for us. So we need to make that shit happen. You feel me? So you know, I understand that it is hard and it's a lot of moving parts, but we could fucking do it, sis. I did it. You could do it. And this shit is not for everybody. I tell you right now, if it was easy, everybody would do it, but it's not easy. It's a lot of hard work, but it's not out of reach. So let's keep going. So like I said, my apartment allowed us to have a lot of expendable income. So we ended up coming out of pocket in total. I did the calculations for you. $15,000 out of pocket. Now that $15,000 included my down payment. That included my lawyer fees. That included um, any like wild closing costs that I had to take care of. That included my homeowner's insurance premium and all of my inspections that I had to do for my home. So that was the full amount that I had to come out to get into a home. And, you know, but that doesn't always have to be the case. So you have a number of loan varieties that um, that you can speak to your bank about. Um, you have a USDA, you have an FHA, a veteran, and conventional loans. So that's four loans. And there's a couple differences that come with these loans, like for the USDA, FDA, and veteran loan. That, like... I don't want to say there's a lot of red tape, but there's a lot of, um, hmm, there's a lot of strict protocols that have to be taken by the buyer and the seller. And the reason I say seller is because the seller has to abide by certain requirements in order for the bank to take up that loan for the house. Um, so basically the house needs to meet certain requirements in order for the bank to allow me to buy the house basically is what I'm saying. So, and I didn't know this when I had gone to the bank, but I did an FHA loan. So I threw down 3.5% of my more of, of the full, um, price of my house. I only threw down 3.5% of the total. And, um, but I didn't know that with a conventional loan, you can actually throw down 3.5% with a conventional loan. Um, which I thought was kind of funny because I always thought that that low down payment percentage was like bound to the FHA loan, which is why I did it. Cause I, cause I remember going to the bank and he was like, why are you doing an FHA? And I was like, cause I want to throw down 3.5%. He goes, he was like, okay, but you could do that with a conventional. I was like, word really? Like I didn't, but, but again, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. Um, but yeah, so FHA is a federal home association, like federal homeowners association, federal, so it was a lot, a lot of, um, not, not restrictions, but requirements that have to happen anyway. And, you know, so 
Oh, also the USDA loan, you don't have to throw anything down. I remember now. That's why I brought this up because I came out 15 grand at, in, in total and some of that was my down payment. But for the USDA loan, you don't have to throw any down payment down. But just remember that your mortgage will go up. Okay. Now, if I remember correctly, oh God, if I remember correctly, when you look at the price of a house, every $10,000 equates to $100 in your mortgage. Okay. So if basically, if you find a house for $300,000 and you go, nah, I want to save 10 grand and you offer 290,000, you're only saving $100 in your mortgage. So that's something to remember. Also something to think about is your closing costs. Now, like I said earlier, your closing costs, you can kind of like double your taxes and then you can kind of get a good estimate of what that can be. Um, But instead of, so if I had to, so if I paid for my closing costs out of pocket, I would have been, instead of 15,000, it would have been $25,000 that I would have had to come out. Um, but I got my closing costs financed, which is called the seller's concession. If you remember our keywords. So I did a seller's concession. Um, now there's a lot of pros with a seller's concession and that's that you don't have to come out of pocket for your closing costs. So I didn't have to come out another $10,000. Um, but the only con with a seller's concession Basically, a seller's concession is a gift that the seller is giving you. So basically, the seller is upfronting the closing costs so that when you get to finance it into your mortgage, you're paying them back. It's essentially a gift that the seller is giving you. And sometimes the seller is like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm not going to do that. So it kind of sometimes makes you look less desirable. So whenever you do put in an offer or whenever you do go to a bank, you need to tell them, I need a seller's concession. You need to tell your agent, you need to tell your bank. That way they can communicate, you know, with the seller's people and say, hey, listen, I have a young couple or a young woman or a young man wanting to buy a home. They need a seller's concession. And then the seller can then be like, mm, I don't know, but that's the only con with a seller's concession or like financing your closing costs is you look a little less desirable. So anyway, and that's the same thing with the down payment too. Like obviously, you know, the down payment that goes into their pocket directly. So, you know, someone obviously it's instead, you know, if you're purchasing a $275,000 house, obviously the seller is going to probably want the 20% down payment and not the fucking 3.5. So but yeah, that's basically what it is. So, um, you know, think about that. Think about if you're going to, you know, finance those costs, because if you choose to finance your uh, closing costs, then that means you have to save less money. So that's, you know, it's a plus. So and that's and that's what I did. So um, and also, too, and this is so this whole thing that I'm talking about right now is the planning. This is this is the plot. And so when we're going to, you know, make the decision to buy our house. And one of those things is your taxes. So when we looked at location, you should have then went on to realtor.com and you should have gotten a vibe of what the taxes are like. So let's go into taxes. When you calculate your property taxes, you know, anytime you look at the price of a home, like you need to say, what are the taxes? Um, because that plays such a huge part in your mortgage. Like I don't think you guys realize. So I'm going to give you an example. And I'm going to use my own example. 
because this is what I could afford. So I could afford, uh, now my house is not $300,000 now. I just want to put that out there, but I could afford like in my budget, when I sat down with my husband, a $300,000 house. If my property taxes were $5,000 a year, because then my payment would be around $2,200 a month. But if those taxes were $12,000 a year, that's an extra $1,000 a month alone in just taxes. So what was a $2,200 payment for my mortgage just turned into $3,200 just because of taxes. Does that make sense? So when you're looking at the price of a home, you go, oh shit, you know, if 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 your budget says three fifty, you're like, oh shit, I could do three fifty because a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house with mortgage alone is really not that expensive. You're looking at maybe like nineteen hundred, okay, not even. But when you add property taxes, bitch, that shit could turn into four thousand dollars real quick, and it, yo, in a flash, girl. And I'm like, damn taxes, fucking taxes, bro. Especially in New York, I'm like, what the fuck, damn. So you just have to keep that in mind when you begin, you know, your house hunting, you know, and then, you know, once you get all these personal things into, into your mind and when you get those organized shit, now nah, I think we're ready to buy a house. So, you know, once you're ready with the amount you saved and you have an idea of the tax rate in your desired areas, you're ready to buy a home. So it's time to look for an agent and it's time to look for a bank. Now, there's not really like a rule of thumb when it comes to looking for a bank or looking for um like a like an agent. Just look at like their rates and look at their policies and stuff and then physically go into the firm. Like if you go into an agency or if you go into the bank, like just talk to somebody and then, you know, just feel the vibe. Like if based on first impression, like if you feel like not, nah, like I think we could work well together, then then you'll know, OK, I need to make a decision. Like I want to go with this person or I want to move on and and, and I want to go with somebody else. So and so I'm not really going to deep dive into looking for banks. So you have to do is Google mortgage loan and then a bunch of banks will pop up um, or you can type in real estate agents and then those will top, you know, pop up. But you do need both. So, um, but there are some brokerage, uh, agencies that carry both where you can do, um, so basically you can go into one agency and then you can get a broker and you can get a real estate agent. So people normally like to do that because then they get like a double commission or whatever. Anyway, anyway, so when it, you know, when it comes to what you need from the bank, like, I think that people underestimate the importance of the bank that you choose. Like they will, they're, they're, they're the money. They are the money. They are going to give you the loan for your home. And, you know, and I recommend a couple things. So first, if I recommend if you're in a relationship and you're buying a home together with your partner, please don't put the mortgage on both of your names. I have to tell you, it's really unnecessary because, you know, in in my relationship, and I'm not going to say who it is, in my relationship, only one of us needed to have the mortgage on our back, like it was fine. Like we, one of us got approved, like we both got approved by ourselves. So to have the mortgage on both of you doesn't really make sense because it's such a huge loan. So I recommend you only put it on one person. That way the other can take on anything else that you need, a car, 
uh, credit cards, um, because what you do not want to do is go to the bank, get approved for a mortgage loan, and then you apply for a credit card, you know, because you want to do furniture shopping or you want, or, or, or you need a new car. You do not want to get another loan in your name after you applied for a mortgage loan. The reason, and mind you, you're going to get approved. So like after you get approved from the, from the bank, don't go out and go get a fucking credit card because what they don't tell you and what I'm here to tell you is that when you finish the whole process and you go through, you know, you're in contract, you get your offer approved, you're in contract. Now you, now you get to closing sis, they check your credit at closing. So you get another credit check at closing. So girl, you will be sitting at closing with the contract in your hand, the deed to your house, the title, bitch, everything is in your name. And if they check your credit and they see you opened up another credit line, you will not get that house. They will look at you and be like, nope, you did not get the loan. And you will have to get the fuck up and leave because you did not get the financing that you needed. Funny story, that's how actually I got my house because I have put in an offer on my house and at the time my agent didn't realize that 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 like that that the sellers were already in contract with a whole other couple. So I was like, "Damn, like that's kind of fucked up. Like you fucked up there, right?" So we were like, "All right, fuck it. Let's just move on to other houses." Come to find out a couple months later while we were looking at homes, I get a phone call from my agent saying, "Oh my god, the buyers before you, their financing fell through at closing. So the house is yours if you want it. I was like, give me that shit. That's my house. <laughs> so that's, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what happened. So the, you know, so the buyers before me, their financing fell through. Like, you don't, anything can fucking happen at closing. Anything can happen. And so, you know, it's so, so important that you go with the right bank. It's so important in that you do not get into another loan after you get approved you know, because the bank is going to check your credit for what you're approved for. And then they're going to calculate your estimated mortgage payment on any, um, any home that you put an offer into. Also too, like, please remember that if you're looking at houses, like, and if like, you don't just have to put an offer in on one house. Like if you are in love with a house and then you go and look at another house and you love that house too, you can put an offer in on both of those houses. So you can put an offer in on fucking a thousand houses if you want to. So just keep that in mind. And then, you know, because they're going to create your approval letter for you so that you know what you got approved for. And like, basically the approval letter is what the bank is willing to give you. So the whole total that the bank is willing to give you, and that shit might be, let's say $400,000 right now, please do not get a $400,000 house. If that's what you got approved for. Like go less because then you're going to just suffocate in bills and it's going to be ridiculous anyway. So the first approval letter that they give you is what the bank is willing to give you in total. Now, when you go look for a house, please remember this. This is the time where you take out a pen. Okay. When you go look for a home and you're looking around, you got your agent with you and whatever, and you find, let's say two houses that you love. Okay. And you want to put an offer in on each of those houses. Okay. Let's say one house is worth 210. Let's say the other house is worth 220. 
Once you say, I want to put an offering on both of these houses, you tell your agent, she'll go or, or he, they'll go, okay, cool. You need to call your bank. Okay. Remember this. You need to call your bank and you need to get two separate letters of approval for each offer. Okay. Because what's going to happen is what's going to happen is if you give them your initial approval letter of the $400,000 that you got approved for, the seller is going to be like, wait a minute, you got approved for $400,000, but you're only offering, you're only offering me asking price. Nah, bitch, you can go up. What are you talking about? Like you could give me more money. So what you're going to do is you're going to call your bank and you're going to say, Hey, I need a letter for 210. I need a letter for 220 to go to these two, you know, these two houses I want to put an offer in on. Then your bank will say, okay, copy. Here's your, here's your copy. And then here's a copy for your real estate agent to go talk to the seller's agent. Does that make sense y'all? Because I know that was a lot, but you have to understand, like I, I went through it. Okay. And I'm telling you, you need to do that. That is fucking key. Yo, I spoke to my bank every day and honestly, like it was a bloodbath, like looking for a home. I was looking for a home in May. Yo, a bloodbath, yo. It was so bad. Like I couldn't even breathe. Like it was like, if I loved a house, I needed to call my bank right there. Like it was like, I had no time to even contemplate. Oh, well, do I like it? No, it was like, no. Oh, bitch, you like it. Okay. Put an offering because this person, I was like, oh my, I was like, what the fuck? So on honestly, the best time to buy a house is fall and, um, is fall and winter. And if you look in spring, summer, girl, girl, you are going to be stressed the fuck out. It's going to feel like the hunger games, bitch. I'm telling you what I'm telling you, please. And listen, I understand it's hard moving in the cold. Okay. But the reason that the fall winter is better is because there are twice as many houses as there are buyers in the spring and summer there are twice as many buyers and no homes. So what do you have? More competition. So that's my advice. But you know what it was? I was in such a fucked up situation in my apartment. Like my neighbor was a bitch. She was a fucking foul asshole. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here before I kill this old lady. So I need to get the fuck out. I was done. I was over it. Yo, I was done. Done. (laughs) So when you find a home that you love, you tell your agent you want to put in an offer. They contact your bank. You get a new approval letter. Then you wait. Okay. Now you can go into negotiations, you know, basically like if you all, if you put in an offer, the seller can come back and say, no, I want more. And then you come back and and basically you negotiate or your offer can get accepted the first time by the seller. And once that happens, you can officially go into contract. Now, you cannot go into contract until you get a real estate lawyer. Here we go. Your lawyer is your fucking day one A1, son. I'm telling you right now, your lawyer, yo, your lawyer is your fucking gomai. That bitch is your best friend because your lawyer goes over the contract of purchasing your home, which means 
There's no tomfoolery. There's no bullshit. There's no fucking nonsense. There's nothing, nothing. Okay. Now, while you're in contract or a little bit before you go into contract, you need to get, um, you need to get an, an inspection on your home. Okay. So basically like contract slash inspections happen kind of at like the same time. Um, because the reason they happen kind of at the same time is because if you get in, if you go into your house, right now you put in an offer. Now you're in the motions of the ocean. You're trying to get it together right now. If you go into your house and you see, okay, these windows look like shit. Um, the whole floor is disgusting. And you know, basically, basically the inspector is going to find things that are not seen by the naked eye. So like when you go, when you first looked at your house, you probably didn't know that the shingles needed to be replaced on the roof, right? So your inspector looks for those things. Um, if you have a well pump, if you have an oil tank, if you have a septic, you need separate inspectors for that. So you have a home inspector, a well pump, I'm sorry, a well pump inspector. Damn, say that shit three times fast. And you have a septic inspector. So basically each part of your house, you probably need a different inspector for it. I mean, if you're hooked up to the city, then no, but I'm not. So I needed all that shit. Okay. So, and also too, please don't do this. Like if your realtor is like, oh, I have an inspector that I can refer you. No, please say no. Please say no. Do not take any motherfucking recommendations from your fucking agent. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why, because I did. And I wish I didn't. (sighs) Yo, the reason that you don't want to do that and you want to do your own research and get your own people from different companies or different agencies or whatever the fuck have you. Because if you get somebody that your agent has worked with in the past, then your inspector can purposely overlook something so that you can be more inclined to buy the house. So just don't fucking do that. Like, don't no, please don't do that. <sighs> please don't do that. Anyway, So after your inspections are done and everything looks good and you want to move forward and now you're in contract, that contract is basically when you get your titles, your surveys, you get your assessment done on the house to make sure that the house is actually worth what you're offering. Because if it's not worth what you're offering, then you need to pay something or if it's, I forget, I think if it's, if it's, if the house is worth less then what you're offering, you need to cover that or some shit like that. I forget what it was. Anyway, so you have to get the assessment done. Now, the assessment is part of your closing cost, so you don't have to pay for that and you don't have to be there for that. That's for your agent and for your um, assessor to be there. You don't have to really do anything. Your agent will get the assessment done. And to be honest... That's really the only time that you want a rec- you want a recommended person from your agent because your agent like you want the assessment to go through. Like you want the assessment to have no problems because like I said if you if you don't then you have to come out of pocket and we don't want to keep doing that. So your agent will make sure that the house is worth what you're offering. So that's always good, you know, cuz your agent wants to get their cut. You feel me? Everybody wants to get their money. So you know, and just when, when, and you know, if let's just say the inspector was like, oh, the shingles on the roof have to get replaced. You can put that into the contract. Yeah. Like, you know, basically like your agent will say to the sellers, like, Hey, listen, like the roof, whatever. And then if the seller's like, yeah, we'll replace it. That goes in the contract because if anything, it, that's, if anything is in the contract, 
that is actually not physically there when you move in, now we got a problem, right? But no one ever really goes against the contract because then you can like sue people and it's whatever. But anyway, make sure that you really invest in a really good lawyer. My lawyer was a piece of shit. So I'm basically what I'm trying to tell you is don't do what the fuck I did <laughs> when it comes to your lawyer, when it comes to just learn from my my mistakes. OK, my lawyer was a piece of shit. Um, my lawyer was recommended to me by somebody who was a piece of shit that I didn't know at the time. And I was just like, you know what? But I was at the time I was just so stressed out with this whole process. I was like, I don't care. I'll take whoever. And I shouldn't have done that. And that's where I messed up. So don't make the same mistake I did. Like, and but the thing is, too, I'm not someone that has patience to like go with the flow. I don't go with the flow. And I think that's why this that made this process one of the most difficult experiences of my life, because I cannot go with the flow like my brain physically cannot do it. And this is one of the times where I needed to be flexible. And it was probably the like, no, I didn't bend. It was awful. And I was just stressed out all the fucking time. So when someone was like, oh, we have a lawyer, I say, gimme, because I didn't even want to do research. I didn't want to talk to nobody. I was like, fuck it. And she was a good price, but she was an asshole. So anyway, she was awful. But she did take care of me as far as my contract goes and anything that happened. And so I will say that she did her job. She was just a dickhead. Um, you know, so once you're in contract and everything looks good and you get your surveys done, the con you being in contract is the last step before, um, you actually go into closing. Um, your closing is normally put into your contract. Like you have a soft date where basically it could fluctuate my fucking closing, uh, date fluctuated four fucking times. So I was literally living out of boxes for two fucking months. Okay. So be fucking ready. Okay. Um, and the one thing I will say that you should always, um, express to your lawyer, um, and your agent is to make sure that in the contract, it states that, um, when you close, like when you go into closing and you sign your paperwork and you get the deed and you get the whatever. And that basically is like one of those big mob meetings where it's like fucking 15 people deep. You go into the lawyer office, you sit in a big ass conference room and, you got your lawyer, you got your agent, your bank, they have their people, you have your people, and you have one person at the one end of the table, and it's a fucking, it's crazy. Anyway, you're basically signing your life away. When you're at closing, um, just make sure that when you, like while you're in contract, tell your lawyer that at the date of closing is the date that you receive the keys to your house to move in. Because sometimes something happens with the sellers and they need like a month like after closing for so that they can move out, and it's just like, no give me my fucking house. Okay. Fuck you. So always put that in the contract that you can move in on the day that you close. So there's that. But, um, but yeah, so once you're in closing, you sign your life away, you get the keys and you fucking go. And I'm you know, and I mean, I will tell you all the stress, everything is worth it. It's so worth it. Oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Like I can't even describe to you like, yeah, you go through a lot of bullshit and yeah, you go through a lot of headache and a lot of nonsense, but it is, it is the most rewarding, like it's, it's, it's worth all the bullshit. That's what I'm going to say. And you know, and, and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm really hoping that I didn't miss anything. I don't think that I did. Um, but yeah, so that's how, you know, that's how I purchased my home. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in between with the checks and the down payment and the reversal and the bouncing and the, all this fucking bullshit. So many things happen when you purchase a home. But those are the way that's how I purchased my house. Um, 
you know, I did not have to come out $50,000 to buy my house. I came out 15. Um, you know, I did the research up to a point when I, until I got fucking frustrated, but you know, that's just, that's the, the, the path that I took. So just to recap a little bit, cause I know that I threw a lot at you. Um, you're going to go over your budget and your location. Those two things go hand in hand when it comes to your taxes and the prices of the house and the quality of the neighborhood. And then you're going to go into your mortgage calculator to figure out your estimated mortgage payment. We're going to get our credit score up. That way we get a low interest rate. Okay. And then when we're ready to fucking go, when we're ready to pull the trigger, we're going to look for an agent and we're going to look for a bank sis. Okay. And then we're going to go house hunting. And when we find a house that we love, we're going to get our approval letter, but when we want to put in an offer, we're going to get a different approval letter that matches the price in which we are offering. Okay. We don't want no sellers come back being like, I want more money. And it's like, no bitch, get, take what I give you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Then you're going to get your house inspected. Okay. Then we're going to get a lawyer. Okay. Also too, when you get a lawyer, that's when you're going to get like your, um, your, uh, your, your, uh, fucking your homeowner's insurance, but people will tell you like, they'll be like, Hey, I need your insurance. And it's just like, wait a minute, what? And then that's more money that you have to come out. So, you know, and then you have your lawyer and then you go into contract and then you go into closing and then poof, there you go. And I, and I will say this when you do go into closing, please make sure that you bring a checkbook. Your lawyer is going to probably tell you that. And it's going to be like, wait, why? Because what happens is there are certain things that pop up, like certain uh, taxes that aren't um, known at the time that you put an offer in the house and at the time that the assessment or the closing cost was uh, calculated. So what happens is when you're at closing, they're probably going to need like a closing cost check. So, for example, I had to come out $1,700 at closing and I was like, um, and I'm sorry, where do you want me to get the money from? But I had to figure it out, you know, because if not, I wasn't going to get my house. So... You know, anything can happen at closing. There are so many different things that that have to that go into it. And, you know, but I will say that it's so worth it. And, you know, I really hope I really hope I helped you guys. I I hope I didn't confuse you. Um, I really, really think that everyone should, you know, try to buy a house. It's your own land. It's your own property. And no one can tell you shit like, you know what I mean? And it's, you, you know, it's yours. And that's so Oh, it's so worth it. You know, especially, especially in our communities. I'm, I I see, I keep saying communities cause it's, you know, for our people. Okay. Black and Brown people, we don't buy houses. We're not given the opportunity to buy houses. We can't, we can't get this ridiculous down fucking gift from mommy and daddy of a hundred grand, or we don't have a trust fund to dip into. We don't have those things. We didn't get those things. So we need to find back ways. We need to find ways to get what the fuck we want. Okay. So I know that, listen, if I can do it, you can do it. Okay. And I really hope I helped you guys again. I'm sorry if I confused you. I'm sorry if this was a lot of ridiculous ranting or whatever. And I, I hope I dropped some gems for you guys to use when you're going to go uh, purchase your house. Um, you know, like I said earlier, there are professionals that do this. Honestly, I bought, um, buying a house for dummies. I bought that book and that helped me too. Um, 
But yeah, so good luck to all of you guys. I really appreciate you hanging out with me this Friday. I adore every single one of you. Um, I will see you next Friday. Uh, this is on Spotify and Anchor and Apple Podcasts. This is an audio exclusive. So I thank you for chilling with me today. I love you and I appreciate you all. I am Kaya Rose. This is Latina Lee and I will see you next time. Bye.